0: Hello everyone, my name is Rick Hawkins. I'm the pastor of Quest Church. I want to thank all of you for joining us today. You're about to hear a word that is informative, insightful, and inspirational. If you'd like to support our ministry, you can go to questchurch.com. Enjoy the message. Matthew chapter 1, please. God is good, isn't he? And he's good all the time. Verse number 18. I'll be reading from the New International Version this morning. Matthew chapter 1, verse number 18. This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Everyone say Holy Spirit. Verse 19, because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary Home is your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. He will save who? His people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill I'm going to preach a message this morning that is entitled, Accept Your Assignment. Say that to three people around you, accept your assignment. If I could subtitle this message, I would call this message, I didn't ask for this. I didn't ask for this. Let us pray. Father, we thank you now for the reading of your word. And we ask you just for the next few moments of time that you would enlighten the eyes of our understanding that you would illuminate our hearts with burning revelation as we peer into the incorruptible Word of God. We ask you not just to challenge us and charge us, but we ask you to literally change all of us just because your Word went forth in this building. So we speak a prophetic anointing in this place today that will project people into their prophetic futures. We give you praise for that. And before we sit down, Lord, we break every generational curse and we dismiss every generational spirit. And we thank you for an open heaven over this sanctuary. And thank you for a congregation that leans forward in their faith, peering into their future with great excitement and enthusiasm. So we bless you today in Jesus' name. One more time, clap your hands, shout to the Lord with a voice of triumph, everyone. Come on, that's pretty good, but we're talking about the Savior of the world. One more time, high five one more person and tell them it's on in the building right now. There will be many sermons preached during this holiday season about the birth of Christ. I love this season. The challenge for every preacher is to try to find some kind of new revelation or some kind of new sermon to bring to the congregation because it seems as though all of them would have been preached by now. But if you peer long enough into the word of the Lord, there's always fresh manna. There's always fresh bread for the people of God. So there will be many sermons preached about the birth of Christ during this season. However, among the songs of angels in the field, amid the shepherds running to see a Savior and the wise men coming to worship him, I thought this morning, there in the maze of God's prophetic tapestry woven in the womb of a young lady named Mary is Christ, the Anointed One. When you look at this picture in the backdrop, there's a barren woman called Elizabeth. She's Mary's confidant. She's also Mary's cousin. Look a bit further at the picture and you will find Elizabeth's husband. He's a doubting priest, the father of Jesus' cousin, John. His name is Zechariah. Many people refer to him as Zacharias, a father who wanted it his way and lost his voice so that he could not mess up God's way. When we speak of husbands in relation to the birth of Christ, there is one that is as obscure as a needle in a haystack. He's lost in the imagery of a manger scene with a star hovering over it. There's a husband. Or should we say not quite a husband? Hmm. No, he's a father. Hmm. Or should we say not really a father? Needless to say, his name is Joseph. Yeah, Joseph. Not the dreamer of the Old Testament, but the dreamer of the new. Joseph, the dreamer of the new. He is just Joseph. He is the other part of the story. He's often overlooked, but without him, the story cannot exist. I'll say it again. He's often overlooked, but without Joseph, the story is incomplete. It cannot exist without Joseph. Say it again. Accept your assignment. Now, I'll say this. I didn't ask for this. Yeah. Verse 18 Matthew 1, the King James Version, renders it on this wise. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise. When as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, before they came together, she was found. She was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Say this word with me. Discovery. He didn't ask for it. He discovered it. What do you do when you run up on things in life you didn't ask for? You discovered it. It was not something he decided, it was something he discovered. I tell young people preachers all the time that I meet with that destiny is really a process of discovery more than your decision. I'll say it again. Destiny is really a process of discovery more than it is your decision. You just find out. You just live right and you find out. It was a discovery. It was not something he participated in to make it happen. But listen to this. It's something he would have to be responsible for when it did happen. He didn't ask for it. It was something he was assigned to even though he didn't authorize it. He had to be sure it happened because heaven gave him the mandate. But it wasn't his plan. It was God's plan. He did not beget this, but he had to support this. He did not found this, but he had to support this. He inherited something he wasn't even involved in. He inherited it because of who he was engaged to. I've learned something. Many times in life, our connections bring us into a greater cause. I'll say that one more time. I think you may have missed some of that. I've learned this many times in life. Our connections will bring us into a greater cause. That's why it's very important that you pay attention to who is in your circle. If the people who are surrounding you and are around you are not lifting you to different levels of living, then you must question why they exist in your life. We should all be encouraging the people we are connected to that there's something greater in your future. You are not all that you're going to be. You have not accomplished everything that you will accomplish. These are called the balusters of destiny. They're the support system for your success. Hmm. And here this man is, and he's assigned to support something that he had nothing to do with. All he did was see this young girl that he obviously thought was attractive, And he got engaged to her. Isn't that something? And because of his engagement to a favored person, now he is positioned to partake in something that he never dreamed that he would ever be involved in. Hmm. It is good. So when I was thinking about this discovery in life, We just go along and discover things that are incredibly wonderful because we serve such a good God. Life can be very unpredictable. So when I'm preparing this message to bring to you, knowing it's going to change your life, I thought about the process of discovery, and I'm thinking, I wrote about this one time. So I pulled out one of my books that I wrote called The Wall. Understanding the Critical Crossroads of Destiny. And I extracted this from my book and I wrote it down for you to enjoy this morning. If we could write out all of the events of our life. If we could predict the details of our destiny. Or somehow dictate exactly every experience we would make sure it was all pleasant. It would be more like a fairy tale than a reality show. The fact is, the human mind has a passion for systemizing life. The human mind hates loose ends. It wants to have everything downloaded and tabulated and tidied. It has an ingrained tendency to seek a snug, compact zone of safety, security, and certainties. This, however, is a vain desire. Life is too big and too complex for such treatment. There will always be awkward, intractable factors turning up to take our confident stance By surprise. Always an element of paradox to rearrange the symmetry of your logic. The truth is, this is life. This is Joseph. He had no idea what he was getting involved with when he got engaged to this young, favored, blessed girl named Mary. Preach in this building, Pastor Rick. Tell your neighbor everything's going to be all right. Come on now, become Joseph just for a moment. You think you're about to get married, and she walks up to you and says, I need to tell you something, and then changes her mind because she's too embarrassed to say it, only for an angel to show up and say, Joseph, me and you need to have a little talk. That girl you engaged to is pregnant. Right there, I'm passing out. If I don't pass out, I'm going to check out. Because I'm thinking, what this girl up to? Tell the truth. You would too. She got pregnant by who? You told me twice the Holy Spirit. You didn't say just any spirit. You said the Holy Spirit. (laughs) Life happens. Abram, I've got great things for you to do. But you're going to have to leave your country and leave your kind and go to a land that I will show you. In other words, Abram, as you traverse in obedience, I will unfold to you my perfect will. So every step you take is the unfolding of a brand new day. If you keep walking, I keep talking. If you keep going, I keep showing. The moment you stop, the vision ceases. But as long as you move, And as long as you leave what was, you will enter into what will be. Until you are excited about going to where God has called you to go, welcome to your future. You will always be where you are, who you are, and with whom you are. But when you throw your hands up and say, God, I'll go anywhere you want me to go, I'll do anything you want me to do, then welcome to a great adventure called Living for God. How many of you are excited about a great, bright future for you and your family? But why Joseph? Why this guy? Why Joseph? Why did he get this luxury? Luxury of what? Disorientation. Dizziness. And an incredible destiny. You know, I look at some of you and your faces tell me you knew life was going to work out just like it did. And you're so pleased that it did. Others of you are looking at me like, yeah, Pastor Rick, that's me. I have found out stuff I never dreamed was possible. You couldn't have told me 10 years ago I would be right here in this place doing what I'm doing. Some of you are looking at me like that. You and I can talk. (laughs) We understand each other. But why Joseph? Why, Joseph? The Bible tells us in verse 19, then Joseph, her husband, isn't that something? She's not married. He's not married. How many of you know God knows what you're becoming before you arrive? Gideon is a weak man in a threshing floor saying I'm the least of everybody and God shows up and calls him a mighty man of valor. Because when God speaks to you, he does not speak to you according to where you've been or where you are. He speaks to you always according to what you're becoming and where you are going. Then Joseph, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away in private. Why Joseph? The Bible tells us why. Because he's just. He's a just man. Can I submit something to you? Just live right. Man, it's not not that profound. It's just a matter of living right. Why did God choose Joseph? One reason. He was a just man. You want to do great things for God? Then just live right. The word just here in the Greek means devout and righteous. It means approved or acceptable of God, sanctioned by God. Hmm. Just means you, it's, it's a word that is used of a man whose way of thinking, feeling, and acting is wholly conformed to the will of God. Man, that's strong. What are the benefits of living just? His custom was to do right. Boy, that's strong. A just man has a custom about him. And that custom is just do right. Do right when you don't feel like doing right. Do right by people when people don't do right by you. Handle your taxes correctly when you can't stand the IRS. Getting quiet now, praise the Lord. Because Jesus said you have to render under Caesars. What is it? I'll leave that alone because some of y'all might not pay your taxes, and I love you, and I want you to be my friend. But just do Right. Do right by your wife. Do right with your children. Be a just person. Because when you do the simple things, you're setting yourself up to discover profound things. Hmm. What is the benefits of being a good guy? There are 21 blessings listed in Proverbs to a guy that says, I'm just going to be a good guy. I'm going to be a just man. I'll give you a few just to encourage all the good people in the building. Proverbs 20, verse 7. The just man walks in his integrity. Watch now. His children are blessed after him. When you live right, You're covering your children. Proverbs 3.33, the curse of the Lord is in the house of the wicked, but he blesses the habitation of the just. Not just are your children blessed, but anything that comes in your house is blessed. Proverbs 10.6, blessings are upon the head of the just man. Proverbs 12, 13, the wicked is snared by the transgression of his lips, but the just shall come out of trouble. Another way of saying that is, according to Psalm 34, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. The just man shall come out of trouble. I don't know what you're going through, but if you're living right, you're going to come out of it. And really all you need to do is just give him praise when you're on the other side. Can you practice that real quick? Just just act like the trouble you're going through just ended. Just take about 30 seconds and act like life is just bliss. The turbulence stopped. The trouble is over. How about this? All of a sudden, you're dead free. <clears throat> How about that? All of a sudden, people who were your enemies are now your friends. How will you act when you come out of all your trouble, take 15 sanctified seconds and praise him like you just came out? <clears throat> Tell your neighbor, when I come out, I'm coming out just like this. My hands up, a praise in my mouth, excitement in my heart. I'm going to come out worshiping. I'm coming out better than I did when I was going through it. Glory to God. High five four people and tell them, accept the assignment. Tell them one more time, accept the assignment. I know you didn't ask for all this, but accept it. Can I preach the rest of this? God not only had to find a woman that would believe, he had to find a man he could trust. Come on in the building, Joseph. You've not been celebrated enough, hoss. Come on in and get your honor, Joseph. Because if I'm you, I'm having to check this thing out. So God had to find a woman that would believe, and he had to find a man he could what? Trust. Hmm. So guess what you get to be, Joseph, the guardian of my prophetic plan. Hmm. The guardian, he who guards, protects, and preserves. A person entrusted with the care of another person, a guardian person entrusted with the care of another property it wasn't yours you're just assigned to it so Joseph protected the promise and he preserved the prophetic one man I feel good don't you doesn't it feel good knowing God is in control So why Joseph? Because God could trust him. Why could God trust him? Because he had proven himself to be a good guy. (laughs) Man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. God just wants to know, are you a good person? Strong. So he's devout. Have you learned anything so far? I hope so. You know, good men that are devout usually make right decisions. Check it out. Matthew 1, 19, because Joseph, her husband, was a good man and did not want to uh, expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. When I read that, it made me mad. Because I thought, Joseph, what kind of a cat are you, man? You're thinking about divorcing this girl? And then I slipped into his sandals. (laughs) And if you don't read the whole verse, you, you get very confused because the Bible tells you the reason why he wanted to divorce her. Because he did not want to disgrace her. Hear it. Verse 20 says, but after he considered it. Here's what he says. I will divorce her before I disgrace her. You know, I know a lot of people need to hear that really strong. You know, sometimes you just need to leave stuff alone before you bring disgrace to it. Sometimes it's better to let go and do it gracefully than try to hold on to something that's gone and bring disgrace to the very thing that God called to exist in the earth. Just let it go and move on. And that's what he wanted to do. Because according to the law in Deuteronomy 22 verse 23, she would be stoned to be found pregnant and not be married. So he said, before I let them stone you, I'm going to marry you. That's quite a man. He chose to do the right thing. He made the right decision. And I'll end this part with this. God knew he would. Of everything I said. So far in this message, that's probably the strongest sentence. God knew he would. Can he trust you? Can he trust you to do right? Can he trust you to make the right decisions? Because if he can trust you with that thing, he can trust you with a mighty big destiny that will shock your family, that will shock your foes, That will shock the devil who tries to destroy you. He just wants to know, can I trust you? God knew he would. That's why he looks at the enemy and says, have you considered my servant Job? Would he say that about you? When the enemy came to tempt him concerning you, would God say, have you considered my servant? Put your name right there. I trust him. He's not going to turn around. He's not going to change his mind. He's resolute. He's going to do what I called him to do. Everybody good? I want you to do one thing right now. I want you to throw your head back, open your mouth, and shout to the Lord with a voice of triumph. I'm going to shift this atmosphere just for a minute. Do you love Jesus? Come on, shout one more time. He's the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Give him praise. Now bump your neighbor and tell them here comes a shift in the sanctuary right now. Joseph, the name Joseph means God will add. The name Joseph always is connected to dreams. Verse 20 of our text, Matthew chapter 1, the Bible in the Greek reads on this wise, he had a vision in his sleep. Sometimes when God is trying to show you you your future, he'll have to let you lay down and be quiet because many times we see in silence what we cannot understand in the noise. And sometimes God's got to get you by yourself and get you to close the windows to your soul so that he can speak to the heart of your spirit. Sometimes God has to have you to be still for you to know that he is God. And Joseph felt like he was in jeopardy until he could sleep. But when he slept, he dreamed. Oh, for more people that know how to sleep and dream, glory to God. When you're asleep in silence, in the solitude of your soul, you ought to be able to see that everything is going to be all right. I don't understand how this girl is pregnant. I don't know how the Holy Spirit did it, and I don't know why this angel showed up but I'm going to lay myself down here and sleep on this thing because if I can get still, God will speak to my spirit. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream saying, Joseph, thou son of God, fear not to take this girl to be your wife. For what is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost, and she shall bring forth a son. This is in his dream. And you shall call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done, Joseph, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet who said, Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son. You shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted God with us. Then Joseph got up from his sleep and he did what the angel of the Lord told him to do. If you're going to see it and hear it, would you please just do it? If you're going to see it and hear it, would you please just don't pray about a thing that you don't intend on doing what you've been praying about. Some of you want a big thing, but are you willing to do everything it takes to enjoy that big thing you've been praying to have? Are y'all in the building? Dream in relation to this Joseph in the New Testament, Lord help me, is mentioned five times. So there's something about dreams and Joseph. Joseph in the Old Testament dreamed. Everything he dreamed, he saw. Joseph in the New Testament dreamed. He had five dreams. And all five of the dreams came to pass. That's very strong. So when the angel shows up in the vision, in the dream, in the night season, the first thing he tells Joseph in verse 20, watch it. He says, Joseph, son of David. Why would God do that? Because when God is about to do something big for you, he always reminds you of who you are. I came by to tell somebody in the building, you are about to get a fresh revelation, not just of who God is, but who you are. You are sanctified, Holy Ghost filled, fire baptized, authorized, consecrated, Available, approved, assigned, and you're about to do something great for the Lord God Almighty. In other words, God says to everybody else, You are no one, but to me, you are someone. To everyone else, You are a carpenter, but to me, you are the contractor of my cause in the earth. God says to Joseph, For me to do my thing, you are necessary. And I came by to remind you of who you are. Everybody needs a Mordecai in their life. (laughs) Esther, you have arrived in the kingdom for such a time as this. God got me out my bed this morning to tell Quest Church and every family, every man, every woman, and every young person, you better remember who you are. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. There is nobody else like you in the whole wide world. All of your days were written before one of them came to pass. Ain't nobody got your fingerprints. Ain't nobody just like, remember who you are. Jesus died for you. He shed his blood for you. You are powerful. You have potential. You have purpose. I dare you to throw your hands up and shout, I know who I am. I know who I am. God called me. I didn't call myself. God interrupted my life. God put this mantle on me. I didn't ask for it, but I accepted. Tell your neighbor. I didn't ask for it, but I accept it. I know that God has empowered me. I know that God has enabled me. I know that God has equipped me to do everything he has assigned to me in this life. I'm not worried about being weak. I'm not worried about having a deficit. I'm not worried about living in lack. I have more than enough to be everything God called me to be. And I came by to remind you today, you are a blood-bought, sanctified, Holy Ghost-filled believer. You don't have to take stuff off the desk you don't have to listen to other people's opinions you can point your finger in the name of Jesus to any demon and he has to flee because you have power and you have authority God has given you authority in Jesus name and it's time for you to remember who you are I double dog dare you to shout I know who I am and I am who God says I am God says I am the head and not the tail God says I'm blessed in the city. I'm blessed in the field. God says I'm blessed coming and I'm blessed going. God says I have everything I need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. I need somebody that knows who you are to give God a praise. The enemy shows up in the wilderness and he asks Jesus if you be the son of God and Jesus responds to him every time I know who I am because it is is written you know who you are not because you made it up but because god said you are who you are if you're excited about who you are in christ i double dog dare you throw your head back lift up a shout in this building and praise him because you know who you are we all need messages and messengers to remind us of who we are. Come on, I want you to tell three people, you're powerful, you're full of potential, you're full of purpose, you're sanctified. Tell somebody, you must realize who you are. I'm about to preach the rest of this thing, but I feel the Holy Ghost right now. Woo! So he says, Joseph, son of David, everybody say, set up. Anytime God shows up and reminds you of who you are, Boy, you better adjust your spine. You better plant your feet because the next word's about to be powerful. Are y'all ready? Number one, he says, remember who you are, Joseph, son of David. And then he hits him with those two words that run like heavenly twins through all of scripture. Fear not. Boy, let me tell you, that's a double setup. When God reminds you of who you are, then he reminds you of who he is. And he always reminds people of who he is by singing heaven's theme song, Fear Not. That means get ready. When he says fear not, you must realize stuff is about to show up that's going to blow your mind. So don't be afraid. Somebody shout, Fear Not. Anytime God is about to bring something to pass, he precedes it with these words, fear not, remember who I am. 63 times in scripture, the Bible says fear not and then gives a prophecy about it. 63 times. 365 times in the Bible, the Bible says fear not. It is the words to Abraham in a vision. Fear not. It is the words to Jacob in a dream. Fear not. It is the words to Mary when she is pregnant. Fear not. And it is the word to quest church today. Fear not. remember who you are shouted I know who I am and I am not afraid I have a future so bright I ought to have sunglasses on I have a future so bright it's going to be hard for me to walk in it because I want to run into it I want to dance into it I want to jump into it I want to leap into it say it again I know who I am and I am not afraid See, fear will keep you out of an incredibly great future. So say no to fear today. Somebody shout, fear not. Now watch the third thing he says. Joseph, son of David. Don't forget who you are, son. Why did he say that? Because the Messiah must come through the line of David according to Isaiah 55. And guess who's not in there? Mary. Some of you do not realize that you are in line not to just bring a blessing in the church or in life, but to be a blessing to someone you connected to. In other words, now he can officially say, Mary, I appreciate you having that intimacy with the Holy Spirit. But it ain't happening without me. Because I'm in the line. You about to be in the line because you engaged to me. Now suddenly the table is turned now it's not Joseph wondering it's Mary going my God you're in the line of David this really is the Holy Ghost now you got two people walking in agreement and if any two of you agree is touching anything it shall come to pass now Mary and Joseph ain't staring at each other they hugging on each other because they both know that they are very important don't ever underestimate your significance to the plan of God in this earth you are somebody don't be afraid you are in line so he says to him remember who you are remember who I am and finally remember what I said that's very powerful remember what I said lay down Christian lay down you're Joseph just lay down you're just sleeping yeah just lay down I know we didn't plan this but you're You good at laying down? (laughs) Watch what he says. You're just sleeping. Angel shows up, gets in your spirit, and says, Joseph, son of David. Now you're remembering, man, I'm a son of King David. I'm in that line. Then he hits you with the boom boom. Fear not. says, don't forget what I said. Never let what you see confuse what he said. Never let this drama scene of these shepherds and these wise men and this star and this girl saying she's pregnant with the Holy Ghost. Mess up what you know I said. What did he say? (laughs) All this was done that it might be fulfilled what the Lord said. The Lord said, behold, a virgin shall be with child and bring forth a son. He shall be called Emmanuel. Watch what he says, Christian. You are not in this alone. Watch this. My word is on it. Y'all not hearing that right there. In other words, buddy, I know you want to believe this is about you. I know you want to believe that you all that with some cookies and milk, chips and dip. I know you want to believe it's all about you. Let me tell you, I got a lot of sons in that line. This ain't about you. Your name ain't on the line. My word is on the line. And when I put my word on it, I'm going to say it again. When he puts his word on it, it's going to come to pass. Come on, Christian. And the Bible says he got up and he did what the angel told him to do. It's not hard to do what God told you to do when you got a word from him. People make decisions without a word. People start stuff that's not sanctioned in the word. Help me, Jesus, today. I'll finish it up. You're not in this alone. My word is on it. Isaiah 46, 11. I have spoken it, and I will also bring it to pass. I have purposed it. And I will do it. So Joseph, welcome to the line. And I'm glad you're here. But I'm going to do it with or without you. Are y'all hearing what I'm telling you? God is going to do his thing with or without you. The best thing for you to do is do what Joseph did. And say these words. I didn't ask for it. But I accept it anyway. I didn't know what it was going to look like, but I accepted anyway. Why? Because God said it was going to happen. God said, this is my will. Isaiah 55:11. so shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void. Help me, Holy Ghost. It shall not return unto me void. God sent a son because the son was the word. And the word was with God. And the word was God. Are y'all hearing what I'm telling you? Jesus had to come into being. Jesus had to live and die. All he needed was one Joseph to say, I don't mind accepting my part in this plan. Quit trying to be the main character. Just get on the show. Are y'all hearing what I'm telling you? Just get in the movie and let God do what he wants to do. If God called you to be Doc Holliday, don't try to be Wyatt Earp. God called you to be Joseph, don't try to be Mary. Just do what God told you to do. Y'all not hearing me. Because if you'll do what God told you to do, his word will not return unto him void, but it will accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing that I sent it. What is he saying? You cannot lose with my word. It is impossible. Glory to God. And some of you have been going through stuff and you've been seeing crazy things going on in your life. And I came by to tell you, throw your hands up to God and tell him, I didn't ask for this. Thank you, Christian. How many of us have gotten into situations? And all of a sudden, stuff started getting crazy. And you say, my God, I didn't ask for this. Why would you ever involve yourself into something God didn't tell you to get in to begin with? But if it's God's will, everything will work out. What are you saying, Pastor Rick? It's me. I am Joseph. (laughs) I preached the last 30 minutes to myself. You thought this was for you. This was for me. I didn't ask for this. But I accept the assignment. Are y'all seeing what I'm saying? When you accept the assignment, you look at all the naysayers, all the skeptics and all the doubters. I'm talking to you now. When you accept your assignment, you look at everybody around you and you just say, It ain't about you. It's about His Word and His will. All I am is a vessel and I'm going to do what God called me to do. You know what I'm going to do right now? I'm going to rebuke every devil and every demon up off your life that makes you doubt your destiny. I bind it in the name of Jesus. You are who God said you are. Do not be afraid. In the name of Jesus, if he said it, it shall come to pass. Everybody on your feet, clap your hands, and let's give God a big praise, shall we? I'm done. Praise the name of Jesus. Lift those hands all over the building. The Holy Spirit is dealing now. He's counseling. There you go. Somebody pray in the spirit. I like that. the anointing is here right now and his name shall be called wonderful counselor mighty God prince of peace everlasting father there you go pray in the Holy Ghost thank you Jenna somebody else just pray it come on just lift your voice a little bit if you can't say nothing else just say Lord I love you I love you. Use me. Use me like you use Joseph. I just want to be a part. I just want to be in the show. I just want to do my thing. I want to do what you called me to do. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. I didn't ask for it, but I'm going to do everything you told me to do. Yeah, I wasn't looking for it. I just discovered it. Oh, and now I know it was you. Some of you just found yourself here. You just opened your eyes and went, man. I'm in Quest Church. Quit trying to change it. Just accept it and say, Lord, just use me right here. Glory to God. God's got you. He's got your back. If this is your word, if I said one thing today that resonated with where you are, come to this altar today. One sentence, one thing that hit you, that stood out to you. Please come. Please come. Please come.
1: Hallelujah.
0: everyone. Oh. for you we're going to close. (laughs) Have you ever been around someone that knew how significant they were and they were walking in their purpose so strongly that it made you start feeling like, man I'm important too. You ever done that? You got in relationship with someone that was so resolute on doing the will of God and they were just meandering through life. They were just living. They didn't really know they had an assignment. But their connection to you made them open their eyes and go, man, I'm not here by accident. I am important to the plan of God. I really believe that's what happened to Joseph. He engaged the right person. My question to you is who are you engaging in your life? Why would you engage a meandering person when you're trying to find direction? Why would you connect and become a spouse to someone who don't know where they're going? Wow, makes you think, doesn't it? Well, if I've done nothing else today but make you think, I've done my job. Because thinking is the most valuable thing you will ever do. You need to think, and that's what Joseph did. He thought about it and he made the right decision. Speaking of decisions, every head bowed and every eye closed. There are people in this building today that need to make a decision. You need to decide today. I'm going to live for God and not myself. I'm going to be used by God. And I'm not going to just live for myself. Some of you have not decided to follow Christ. You've never been born again. And you need to do that. Some of you have walked away from your call and the purpose of God in your life. And today you need to decide to come back. If any of those things mean something to you and you identify with that, will you raise your hand real high? Just raise your hand real high. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Anyone else? Just raise it. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you. Thank you. Anyone else? Oh, yeah. There are hands going up. That's good. That's awesome. God sees your hand, but more than that, he sees your heart. And today, you've made the most important decision you'll ever make in your life. Every head bowed, every eye closed, everyone's going to pray after Pastor Rick. Say these words, Dear Father, I love you with all my heart. And I've made an important decision today. Use me, just like you used Joseph. I just want to do my part. I ask you to forgive me of my sins, cleanse me of my iniquities, come into my heart, be my Savior and my Lord. I give you final authority over my life. I will not do a thing that you do not tell me to do, and I will do everything you tell me to do. Use me, please, in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen.